0: Church, it's good to be with you this morning here at 360 Church. I believe that you are in the right place this morning, that you are in the right place at the right time. I believe that you're not here by accident. We truly believe that as a staff and leadership of the church. We believe that this morning that you're compelled, whether you call this 360 your home or whether you just showed up for the first time or visiting this morning, uh, we, we say welcome, but we know that the Holy Spirit compelled you to be here this morning. That it's by the Holy Spirit that you're here this morning, because there is a word that the that the Holy Spirit has placed on my heart, that God has placed on my heart, that I'm going to share with you in a few minutes, and I just can't I can't wait to release it. Now, some of you, when you hear it, you might get a little scared, you might get a little uh, a little worried, you might just say, "Oh no, don't go there, Pastor Scott." but I believe that I would be doing you a disservice if we didn't talk about it because it's some things that are going on in our, in our world right now. It's some things that are going on in our nation right now. It's some things that are going on in the church right now. And I think we need to talk about it. So we will. I will always be that pastor that hits things head on. And if I, as, if I don't, as a pastor, hit these things head on, I give you permission to come to me Okay, you can wrap it around a lunch or Starbucks, and you pay for it. But I give you permission to come to me and say, Pastor, how come you're not talking about this? How come, what is the church's stance on this? What is the Spirit of God saying to you about this? I give you permission to do that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me just open up my, that's right, you're going to hear me say it. I just got back, see, this morning, let me just say my beautiful wife and daughter sitting over here. My, my wife this morning, she we, we got up, got ready, got down here. She, you know, got, uh, got herself together and dressed and stops on the way in, gets her Starbucks. She doesn't drink coffee, so it was one of those, like, strawberry acai. I don't even know what it is. It's just some fruity thing that she had. Big drink. And she's walking towards the door there, and Tony was walking towards the door on the outside, and, he, and the door opens this way, and he opened the door, and it destroyed her drink all over her. Pastor Tony, you're fired. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> and so she actually had to go home and change, and, and I mean, you wouldn't know it. She's, she's back here, and she looks beautiful as ever. And uh, give it up for my wife, Pastor <laughs> Melissa. Sure would this morning. Amen. She hates it when I do that, by the way. (laughs) She hates it. Listen, I'm going to jump right into this. See, I'm going to speak to something that's I'm hoping. So let's do this. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to place your hands, uh, place just one hand over over your eyes. And I'm going to pray. Lord, I just thank you right now that you give us eyes to see. Not just physical eyes to see, but open our spiritual eyes this morning. Now take your hand and place it on your ears. Lord, I just pray this morning that you give us spiritual healing, that you open up uh, hearing this morning, that you open up our ears that we can not only hear physically, but that we hear spiritually what you're saying this morning. Now place your hand over your heart. Lord I just thank you for every person in here Lord that you, they would have hearts to receive what you're saying this morning not just physically receiving what the, the words that I'm speaking this morning that I believe are from your heart but that spiritually Lord that they would receive these words that you're saying through your word in Jesus name I pray amen, amen. hallelujah now we're ready see I was in Texas. I went to. I flew to Dallas early this week, and uh, I was in uh, an intensive immersion, a school of immersion, uh, and, and, and with the ministry uh, KGM that I'm uh, ordained under. And and you guys have met Debbie and Larry Titus, and uh, through through the video, and we're we're actually looking to to bring him out here. Looking at the calendar, when we can do that. But so he he's 77 years old, or almost 77 years old, and he he sent me a message. He's like. I've got so much in me that I want to pass on. And I don't know how much time I have left on this earth, but I want to release it. And so I'm having these two-day immersion uh, classes and 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 just so just come so that I can just release this stuff. And and so I said, Oh man, I'm I'm there, I'm there. And so there was about 35, 40 of us that that went. And uh, it was a two-day intensive on understanding, a deeper understanding of the Holy of the Trinity. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I thought I knew about the Trinity okay blew my mind okay I, I just I'm still processing all of all of the stuff and my notes and 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 the stuff from the class but I can tell you this the, so it, I flew in Monday Tuesday it started I woke up Tuesday to some grim news that that just across social media and in, in the Christian world that another pastor of a megachurch a young man uh, took his life a pastor took his life, married two kids, beautiful young boys, and he took his life, and I, and I, my, my spirit was grieved, my heart was broken, because we're starting to see a trend of this happening more and more, and, 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 and what's interesting is that I really feel like we're grappling with this thing, and maybe because of social media, it's, it's, Propagated. It's 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 something that everybody's going to talk about right away, right? And, and so it, I, I won't even tell you the name of the church or or or, or the name of the the pastor. Um, maybe you know him. Maybe you don't. Maybe you heard about him. But if you didn't, it's 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 out there. And and uh, and I actually had some folks reaching out to me, just talking about it and and, and referencing it and in the time in which we live. And I want to speak to you this morning because it's a hot topic it's it's something that i believe that we need to talk about because there's it's just it's one of these things to where if a pastor takes his own life and we don't talk about that we don't talk about what's really going on then we're doing a disservice to you as leaders i really believe that we need to address this and and so as we look to the world and uh, we see all these massive there's mass shootings and, and all these things, and and of course, throughout history, there's always been bad stuff happen. We just have social media to let us know right away when it happens, and so everybody talks about it, and it becomes this big thing. So, but there's something going on in, in, in this whole thing about mental health. There's this whole issue about we need to, the church needs to to really get it together when it comes to how we speak about mental health that 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 we would um that these the there there's a there's this thing out there and and that we haven't addressed over that we uh, over the the years the church has not even addressed it ignored it whatever right and I'm going somewhere this morning and I want you to to again that's why we prayed just a few minutes ago I want you to understand what the spirit of the Lord is saying we're going to go to his word here in a minute and I want to talk to you about what the spirit of God says through his word this morning so my first initial reaction was how tragic this is here's a pastor 30 years old in the literally moving into the prime of his life and he took his own life a leader of people a godly man. How does that happen? Sometimes we just, we, we can't wrap our minds around it. And so as we begin to, de- uh, and immediately what happens is people that 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 deal with depression or anxiety or, or suicidal thoughts, they, they immediately say, oh, I know what he's feeling. I know exactly what he's talking about. I know exactly, and, and, and this particular pastor actually had addressed, this topic of mental health, and he had actually had a ministry that dealt with mental health and, and the whole issue, and, and how, and he was actually on what I would consider on the forefront of leading the way in addressing these issues that we maybe the church has not addressed before, right? That we maybe just out of misunderstanding and, 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 and are, are trying to create something that would be misunderstood, we just, just left it alone. My first initial reaction was how tragic, because, see, I don't feel bad for him, because I honestly believe this, and this is a shift from where the church has been historically. I honestly believe that he loved Jesus, and he was saved. Obviously, he's a pastor, he's a leader, and he was dealing with some things that caused him to take his own life, to get so far down a rabbit hole that he took his own life. But I believe as soon as he left his body, that Jesus was there to meet him. I'm not going to debate with you theologically on it. I honestly believe that he he saved and he he went to heaven. But here's the tragic part. The tragic part is that I look at his wife. I look at his his two sons that have to live with that legacy at three years old, five years old. And that they they grow up with, with, with the knowledge that their own father took his life took his life. And so as I grappled with these things, I just, I, my, I just, in my spirit, I started getting angry. I started getting angry and upset because I said, what the devil is a liar. And he, and and there's so much confusion around this. And and I don't hear enough pastors and standing up and saying, Hey, here's what's going on. And I know it's a difficult topic, but we're going to talk about it and we're going to hit it head on and we're going to work our way through this. What I do hear is a lot of people, uh, Christians, trying to explain it. But see, what I think is happening is there's some flawed thinking. Because what I hear is they're adopting the voices that they're hearing in the world. They're adopting these things that sound good, but when they hit my spirit, I'm like, Uh, No, that's not right. It sounds good, but it's not right. It's not what the Word of God says. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. I know it's kind of a heavy subject, but I believe that at the end of this, there's joyful celebration. Because we're going to go and hit this head on with the Word of God this morning. So let me establish a couple of things first. Mental health is real. Mental disease, depression is real. Anxiety is real. I meet with people sometimes and they, they explain to me the anxiety that hits them and it's real. And, and, I, and I, I, I get in with them and, and lock arms with them and, and, and pray with them and believe God with them and, and, and walk with them through this. And, and so so for me to dismiss it. And say, oh, it's just all in your head. Doesn't that's not a big deal? It is a big deal. Let me just establish that mental health is real. Mental uh, 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 um, maintaining mental health is a real thing. Mental disease, depression, anxiety is real. Number two, spiritually and theologically, I can say the Word of God leads us to the conclusion that if a person is a believer, born again, then when they die, they will be with Jesus immediately. It doesn't matter. If it comes at their death, their death comes at their own hands due to mental anguish. I believe that. But if I as a leader just left it at that, I wouldn't be a very good pastor. We need to talk about this. We need answers. We need to make sense of what's going on because we live in desperate times. Listen to me. I want to be really clear. I believe that the word of God is clear on this. I believe the word of God is very clear. On what the answers are and I want to and, and I want uh and what I hear from folks again is trying to explain it is that they're they sometimes attack this mystical thing that they call the church and they say the church needs to 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 erase the stigmatism. The church needs to do this. When when is it going to be the time that the church stands up and and, and says something about mental health? And I'm thinking, what church are you talking about? Because it's always easy to attack something that's out there that's like whatever, right? And I'm looking, I'm listening, and I'm like, I don't hear any pastors or prominent leaders standing up like condemning it. I don't hear it, but that's what a lot of Christians say. Oh, oh, when's the church going to recognize that this is the problem? No, I think the church is, I, I really believe the church is open right now. I believe that the church as a whole worldwide is saying well, there's a problem and we're trying to grapple with it. I don't hear the church condemning it and saying, oh, you killed yourself. You go to hell. I don't hear the church saying that. But if you listen to Christians talking about this, that's what they're saying. They're, 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 it's this, like, thing out there, this, this, this church that's this big meanie, this boogeyman church that's out there just like this. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't hear that. What I hear is the church with an open heart struggling with this, right? But I believe that the Bible is very clear on this, and I believe that Jesus spoke to these things. See, and when we as believers repeat things, or practically explain things that the world is using or saying there's a warning be careful there's be careful when you take worldly wisdom and mindsets and, and, and apply it to issues that you're struggling or grappling with be careful because see here's what I see I see that Christians are taking this in are and I know this is a hard subject it's it's And they're and they're trying to they're trying to grapple with this. They're trying to extend grace and mercy and love. Right. And in their own hearts and minds they're maybe they have issues where they that they're struggling with these things. And and so they're trying to make sense of it all. And so they adopt. They adopt language that the world uses. They adopt and they apply it to spiritual principles. They apply it to these these things. And so when you do that, be careful, because here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing that the church, that the the Christians are building a case. They're building a case because when when you explain something with worldly wisdom, you begin to build and you give that thing power. You give it more and more power. And here's what's happening when you go down that road you build something up that was never meant to be built up, you build an altar, an idol. Right, and here's here's kind of this thinking that if I, I'm, I'm if I'm reading things right and I'm, I'm hearing people discuss this, what they're saying is the blood of Jesus covers everything else and is more powerful than over anything except depression, except anxiety, except mental anguish. And and there's this thing that's I'm seeing it develop. I'm like. Be careful, because the blood of Jesus is the most powerful thing in the universe, and there's nothing, everything will bow to Jesus, everything, mental health is not this, this thing that is just this so big that we don't understand it, that the power and the blood of Jesus can't fix, that it can't cover. That you can't have freedom from. And I, and I see these Christians, and I'm not speaking disparagingly against this man. He's with Jesus right now, and, and every, every tear that he, he's cried, Jesus is wiping away those tears. But see, what he's left us with is his family. Because as a leader, I have to, I have to pastor people that are broken because of his decision because of his decision to end his life. I've got to deal with, you have to deal with, the world or the church has to deal with the aftermath of this, the aftermath of this and everything that it creates. Whew. tell me you love me. Thank you. So I hear the church parroting, repeating what the secular world is saying. That we need to address these, mental health needs to be diagnosed, treated, acknowledged. We need to erase the stigma. These are all things that I've read. Be careful. Because sometimes in the process of dealing with these things, you begin to give those things and that idea of something power. You begin to give it power that it was never meant to have that was never meant to have and that when that power when you give it power then it has a place because you've given it a place in your life and you it, and and maybe it's it's not maybe it's not something that you deal with maybe you maybe it's not depression and anxiety and and fear and all that mental anguish it's not something that you really struggle with but if you give it power then there's no and, and you build it up to this big thing then there's nothing that you can do to help someone else that does deal with it because what the, the message that you will have to give them is that, yes, your problem is too big for Jesus. It's too big for Jesus. It's too big. Everything else, everything else has to bow its knee. But yours, it's pretty big. That's the message you have to give. Am I right? It begins to be explained and talked about and beliefs are restructured and built around it, and power is given to it. The danger for us as believers is when we we use human emotion and worldly logic to to, to try to make sense of these things and these issues. We build them up, give them more power in our hearts. Let's turn to Philippians Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 9. We're going to read it. It's going to be on the screen if you don't have your Bibles this morning. I'm going to jump right into it. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considered in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Can I get an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for his word. Before we, I want to take a few minutes and and, and talk about that scripture and the things. There's a lot in there. But we're going to pull some stuff out of there. I want to complete some thoughts for you first, though. I want to go back and complete some thoughts. Um you. Number one, I, that I hear from Christians, like I said, I, that it's time we address these, this mental health thing. It's a real thing, that suicide doesn't uh, keep you from heaven. That's another thing that, that's really big right now. It's like, oh, well, just because he killed himself, we we used to believe, the church used to believe that you just, if you die, if you killed yourself, then you you, you don't make it to heaven. Uh, I, I don't believe that. I think that the scripture's clear about that. and uh, uh, th- that, that it, it's It's clear in the sense that if you look at Scripture as a whole, that's not in there. That's that's not that philosophy. That you, if you kill yourself, you go to you immediately condemns you to hell. I don't believe that's in the scriptures. Um, And then we talked about how like they 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 have to have somebody to to attack, right? And so what I'm seeing is this Christians like attacking this church. They, They keep talking about the church, the church, the church. Except who's the church? We're the church are talking about themselves because they're the church. Right. Um, it's not this boogeyman church. It's not this mini meanie, uh, uh, meanie, this church meanie. you know, group of meanie church people that they, they, they don't exist because we are the church. If you're talking about the church and you're a believer, you're talking about yourself. and then i look and i say why as leaders we need to compel ourselves to hit this stuff it's hard it's 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 hard to discuss it's hard to to talk about and and i really don't you know here's what i here's what else i see if a leader tries to say something about it and write something about it he has to disable the comments because Everybody is going to attack him or her. Everyone. It doesn't matter how much you frame it around the scripture. It doesn't matter how much you, you 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 try to but but what I see is these pastors and they're trying to make sense of it and they're trying to actually help. But social media, those social media folks, they will come out and, and, and so what I see is that they actually I, I saw Someone, he had to remove his post because it was so, there was something in there. There was a few people that agreed with him and a lot that didn't. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? And he wasn't saying anything controversial. He was, he was basically saying what I'm saying to you now. Is like you're building this case that it's so big that the blood of Jesus can't touch it can't do anything for it. But oh no. And he had to take it down. He had to take his post down. And I believe that most of what I'm hearing Christians say is just flat out wrong. It's it's jacked up. It's 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 not helping. It doesn't fix the problem or even bring healing to the problem all you're doing is taking the emotion that you're feeling from this this topic and and, in these these tragic events and you're 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 channeling your frustration and your emotional distress to somebody and so you're pointing to leaders and you're pointing to the church and saying you need to do something about it it's your flawed thinking that this is happening and I just say it's it's flat-out wrong I want you to repeat this. Say this with me. Pastor Scott has a good and loving heart. And he truly does want to release love and life. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I had to say, because here's the thing. When you bring a message like this and you hit something head on, I can feel it. I can, I, and I want you to know that I'm coming to you this morning with love that I want to release the Father's heart in this situation. So let's get into this scripture as we we begin to break down uh, what Jesus said in scripture. I'm going to give you three action steps to cultivate and maintain a healthy state of mind. It's going to be on the screen. Three action, oh, not steeps. Three action steeps to cultivate and maintain a healthy state of mind. Three, (laughs) I love you, Luis. Luis. Sorry, bro. Did he fix it? Yeah, see, he's good, man. Three action steps to cultivate and maintain a healthy state of mind. Number one, develop into a person of prayer. Number one, develop into a person of prayer. See, if we go back to the scripture that I Shared with you, verse 6, what does verse 6 say? It says, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. And we feel like, we feel the heaviness of that sometimes because we don't understand it. All it's saying is to be so connected to God that you're never disconnected from Him. Did you know that's what prayer is? Prayer is just connecting with the heart of the Father and staying connected. When Every time you disconnect, guess what, you're out of prayer. Right, so just stay connected to Him. we, We make it so overly complicated like it doesn't need to be like oh when I pray I go in and I set the mood and I play the music and I get away with all distractions and I get on my knees and I spend 12 minutes on my knees with arms raised fingers out you know no that's not listen prayer is communication prayer is talking prayer is is dialoguing with God it, it, it's it's as simple as that and I and I even use slang when I talk to God because I know he understands it. I'm not trying to be somebody he's not that or somebody that I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be spiritual. listen, do you know that being spiritual is the most natural thing in the world Being spiritual is the most natural thing in the world why because you're a spirit. your spirit being lives in a body. Let's get over this oh the supernatural and and did, did you know? Being super, like really, it's, the word supernatural is not in the Bible. Uh, it, listen, God is a natural God. Miracles, signs, and wonders are normal. They're normal, yes. but we've made it this place where oh, hey, we judge, uh, we judge people's lives, Christians' lives, and and churches based on what we see and we say oh that church is more supernatural or moves in the spirit more than that church or that person or whatever right that's it's hogwash because here's the deal you are supernatural you're naturally supernatural you have the spirit of god living inside of you the holy spirit like you walk in the supernatural just by being you even if you don't see miracles manifested left and right you, just by you being you, you're, you're a walking miracle. The supernatural oozes out of you. The, the Holy Spirit, like, when you get a sense of what Jesus did. See, we don't even, we have just an inkling of understanding of what Jesus meant when he said, I'm going to send the advocate, the Holy Spirit. We, we, we just have, we, we think we understand the Holy Spirit. You, let me tell you, you don't understand the Holy Spirit. I don't understand fully what Jesus did when he sent the Holy Spirit. Because see, let me tell you this, this is for somebody in here. He sent the Holy Spirit without measure. See, some of you are comparing yourself to others. You're saying, "Well, he he's more spiritual because he knows how to preach, and he he's he's more spiritual, and she's more spiritual because they know how to lay hands on people and pray for the sick." And and he or she, they, they, I see them. They're reading the word and always making posts, and those those posts where they 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 angle the camera just right so it shows their coffee and their in their Bible and their <laughs> notes, and and the notes are, and they're more spiritual than I do because I don't do that. And you compare yourself you compare yourself with others let me tell you you what, what see god put jesus sent the holy spirit god he deposited his spirit inside of you and jesus said this he told his disciples he said this holy i'm going to send the advocate the holy spirit right and it's going to it, i'm paraphrasing here so don't judge me but it, he's going to allow you to do even greater things than you've seen me do. That that, that the Holy Spirit that's been surrounding you is now going to live inside of you, but he's not made, I didn't make you to to, to be able to just stay that way with, with this little deposit of the Holy Spirit. No, he's made to flow through you, in you, and out of you to overflowing. Hallelujah. Jesus, let us get an understanding of what you did when you sent the Holy Spirit. Thank him for, so, number one, develop into a person of prayer. So, in that scripture, when he wraps it up, in verse 6, he's saying, give thanks. He's saying, bring your requests to God, but, but give thanks for all he has done. And then what? Then you will experience God's peace. But not just any peace. The peace which exceeds anything that we understand. That's a promise, guys. This is a promise directly from the word. It sounds so simple. It sounds so simple. He, he's saying, Develop into a person of prayer. Don't it, 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 when you and when you do that, worry just falls off, right? Pray about everything. Stay connected to me, but it begins with gratitude. It begins with giving thanks. How many times. During a day, do you just stop and you just give thanks for what he's done for you? And we get so caught up in in, in our immediate circumstances that we forget to thank him for what he's done. The very fact that you have breath in your lungs, thank him for it. You can find thousands of things to thank him for. And really, this is the key, guys. A life of gratitude. Being grateful. Being grateful is the key. And he's saying this is how to stay connected, develop into a person of prayer. The way he's explaining this is like, hey, you're not just going to wake up and do it, you're going to have to practice this, get good at it, do it more and more. Verse 7. Right after he says that it will, it will, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds all your understanding. What does he say in verse seven? He says, "Then you will experience God's peace." Oh, I'm sorry. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we understand. Verse seven. Sorry. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Let's talk about what he's because re- we see that was okay, cool. Amen. Praise praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Right. What is he saying there? What does those words mean? His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you, as you live in Christ Jesus. That Greek word for guard is pharaoh. And, and, and if you're a theologian in this house and I pronounce it wrong, I don't care. Get over yourself. The Greek word is pharaoh, And what it means is to him in, to circle, to surround, Right? It's it, it, it literally it, it's it's it means a, it's a circle of protection. That's what that word means for Reo. It, it's uh it's it's to to keep safe. Literally, this is one of the meanings of that word. It, it, to keep safe by surrounding with an army. That's what that word is said. And he says that his peace will guard your hearts and your minds. That word heart is cardia. It means the center of yourself, the place where beliefs, thoughts, mental habits, emotions take root and establish who you are or who you think that you are. That word heart, that's what that that word means. The word minds right there, when it says guard your hearts and your minds, it says, again, I might be mispronouncing it, Noema. It's the perceptions, the mind, your thoughts, your purposes, your intellect, your disposition. Number two, fix your thoughts. What is he saying through this scripture in verse eight? He says, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Fix your thoughts. Your thoughts, focus on those things. Maintain on those things. And let me say this. That word "fixed" means to be like zeroed in, locked in. Not leaving. It's okay, Pastor Tony almost knocked the screen off the wall back there. It's all right. My heart just about dropped out of. He thought he was fired before. Hallelujah. Fix your thoughts. Dwell on them. Dwell on those things. Fix your thoughts on those things and dwell there. Sit there. Stay there. Don't leave that position. Fix your thoughts. Number three, exercise and practice what you learn. Don't just know it in theory. Verse 9, it says, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. You have to practice it. You know what that means? That means that you're not an expert from day one. That means you have to work at it. And as pastors are not excluded. We have to work at it too. You have to put into practice. You have to do it over and over again until it becomes second nature to you. Put into practice. But see, it's not impossible. It's just, just do it. Just do it. See, there's this thing coming from the sports, from a, the sports sports world. In, and I'll, I'll relate it to basketball because I, I know a little bit about basketball. Like I, I had to teach my son. He wanted to be a good basketball player, and he knew that I knew how to play and that I, c- and that I could shoot. That, that's one of the things. Like when I was younger and a lot lighter, I, I could go to the basket and, and score. But uh, but but now I have to rely on uh, my shooting ability. My what we would say is you know the perimeter shooting, right? Being a perimeter shooter. And uh, let me tell you, I can shoot with the best of them. I, I but that it honestly comes from hours in the gym growing up. I didn't get that. I had people come up to me. I had older players come up to me in, in high school and say, hey, how did you learn to shoot so well, man? You must just be gifted. I'm like, bro, I was in the gym when you weren't. I, I, it, I, you want to know how good I got, uh, how I got good at shooting? I had to go, and first of all, I had to, uh, okay, what, what makes a good shooter, and I had to do all of those things and make a list of, uh, this is how I'm going to break down my, 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 sh- my shooting style, and this is, and, and then once I get that, then I have to practice it. I have to go on the gym, and I actually, I, not just practice it, but I actually have to play a little bit, too, right? So, well, hey, how many know that there's some good Christians in practice only, right? But you put them in the real world, and they melt, Right. you got to take what you're learning in the secret place and you got to take it out of the secret place, out of the, the practice arena. And you have to sometimes put yourself in the game. You have to uh, you have to put yourself in the game to, to because it's going because that's where you are really developed as a player. Taking those hours where you practice and now executing it in a game time situation. Some of you are looking at me bewildered because. Maybe you never played sports, but some of you are looking at me like, yeah, put me in, coach. (laughs) Hallelujah. You got to put the work in. And then it says the God of peace will be with you. Here's the lie. Here's the lie that I want to get back to. That God's grace and mercy and peace and love is big and full. But in the case of depression and mental health issues, sometimes it's just not enough. See, this is the case that I see being built by Christians. It's absurd and it's contrary to the word of God. I'm going to read to you. It's not going to be on the screen, so you can write it down in your notes. Colossians 2.10. Actually, I'm going to actually start with verse six. Colossians 2, starting with verse six, it says, and, "And now just as you've accepted Christ, Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Let your roots grow down. Let your roots grow down into Him, and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with what thankfulness. You will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. I, I, I'm, I'm ending with this, guys. I, I want to... I, I don't have a whole lot of time to go into, but let me just tell you this. You need to get over the fact that you're influenced by spirits. And I'm not just talking about good ones. You need to get over the fact because we're so scared because of what, I might be so scared to let MJ, to admit to MJ that there might be some demons that have influenced my life. You need to get over that fact. Because by doing that, First of all, you don't there's, there's a wall that you put up and say, "I can only be in relation with you relationship with you, MJ to this right here." and it's shallow, right? But when you begin to realize that every one of us w- that our spirits w- we are influenced by a spiritual world and and really the, the, the thing that we're talking about when it comes to mental health, um, again, I don't want to maybe it's for another message, but see, I really believe it's real, it's true. I told you that. But I also believe that much of it is spiritual, that, this, that, that, that there are things that have happened in your life, there are gateways, maybe they're generational, that have been open to you and that have never been closed, and they have allowed those spirits access to you. And when medical science can't really explain it, other than to drug you so that you feel a little bit better about yourself, but that you're comatose spiritually, that's that's all that's all they can do they can't tell you the root of it but the root of it is spiritual it's flat out spiritual and until you get over yourself Enough Until I get over myself enough to know that man sometimes when when I'm feeling down and circumstances come against me and I start feeling depressed and I'm going down the rabbit hole and anxiety is overwhelming me and I feel hope all hope is lost and nothing will help and I would just be better off just to end it all understand that there's a spirit right here speaking into your life and you're latching on to what he or she is saying or whatever that entity is saying and you're believing a lie. And every part of your emotion, every part of your feeling is telling you that it's true. But it's wrong. It's flat out wrong. And until you understand that there's a spiritual aspect of that, ooh, man. That word in Colossians 2.10, in Christ, it says that we have everything. That word is play play play, 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 play raw, raw. It means complete. Like it, it means that, that that in Jesus, that you are complete, that he fills you up. Listen. We Understand this, and not just three-quarters of the way, not just half, not just almost all the way to the top. No, to the brim and overflowing, that there's no room left. And it says that you are complete. That's what that word complete means there. That means that, that there's no room for anything else. That in Jesus, he breaks the yoke of anything that has a hold in your life. There is nothing that is strong enough to stand up to what Jesus has provided for you in him, in him. So that means that anxiety has to bow to the name of Jesus. That means that depression has to bow to the name of Jesus. That means that sickness and, and, and disease has to bow to the name of Jesus because you are complete in him. Everything that he has given you, he breaks the yoke of anything that would keep you bound and keep you in bondage and keep your mind wrapped up to where, and let me tell you exactly what it does. It isolates you. As soon as you feel like pulling away from everybody everyone that should be a big red flag. When you're feeling like I just can't I want to my own wife or my own husband or or the people that I consider close to me when I start pulling away from those people and I don't and I, I just want to isolate myself and and be in this cuz I just feel you be careful. That should be a red flag. You need to do the exact opposite. You need to go to your brother and say, MJ, man, put your hands on me. The Spirit of God is in you, and I know it's in me. Lay your hands on me. Pray for healing and break this off of me in the name of Jesus. You need to go to your wife and say, pray for me. Don't just feel sorry for me and not know what to do. The very Spirit of God is in me, and I know it. Right now, every feeling that I have is against it. You need to press in to relationship. Press in to the things of God. Press in, fix your eyes on those things, and begin to just thank him with your mouth. God, I feel like worthless trash, but I thank you for what you've done. Pull out his word and begin to stand on it. Begin to stand on it. With your mouth, begin to give thanks. I want to share this really quick, and I know I've got to bounce with this. When Jesus was in the Garden of the Gethsemane, the night that he was betrayed, understand what really happened there and, and some things, and I, I, I learned this this last week exactly, and it's so powerful, and I want you to catch this. 6,000 and something times in the Bible, God is referred to as Yahweh. You know, we, we we put we put the vowels in there, but it's Y H W H, right? And it literally means when you see that in Scripture, and it says Lord, whether it's all caps or just capital L and it, Lord, it's it means Yahweh, and it literally means the definition of that is Father and Son. Like you can't separate it. You can't separate it. So when 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 you see Yahweh. And, and, and remember what God said when he was with Moses and, and, and they wanted to know, God, what's your name? And he says, I am. Not I am Joseph, I am Scott. He said, I am. Yahweh, I'm Yahweh, I am. When the soldiers and Judas and his little band of misfits came to arrest Jesus that night in the garden, and Jesus knew they were coming because he told his disciples, here they come. So he knew, but he set them up. He set them up, and I think he, he set them up because he wanted, there's a principle in there. There's something in here there that he wanted to show us now. And it's so powerful. He, as they come, he, he, he addresses them as they're walking up, and he says, who are you looking for? He knew they, who they were looking for. He just told his disciples, here they come to get me. Say, who are you looking for? And they say, we're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene. And we read that scripture and, and we, we miss what he said there, but he, his response was, I am. And we've added he, and some manuscripts add that, but here he literally said, Yahweh. What he was saying was, he was taking his place and he was like, and he was saying, I am. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, I am. And he did it again. Who are you looking for? Looking for Jesus of Nazarene. I am. And it says that they fell back. Why do you think they fell back? The power of God, that's right. He said, I am. I am. And, 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 And before that, that moment, that night, he told his disciples, they can't take my life. I give it because I'm obeying the Father. I'm obeying what my Father says to do, but they can't take it. I'm giving it. I am. I am. Hallelujah. Close your eyes. Jesus, we just thank you so much for your word this morning. Lord, as we grapple with these 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 things and, and the pain and, and the emotional trauma that happens from, from just people being in anguish and hurt and pain and despair and even pastors, Lord, we're seeing these spiritual leaders just deal with these things. And, Lord, they're real. We know they're real. We address that they're real. And all we can do is go to your feet and say, Jesus, we know that you're the answer. We know that your word provides for us everything for life and godliness, for provides peace that brings hope. Because you are the God of peace. You said it over and over and over and over again. Lord, I pray for every person here this morning, man, woman, child, that they begin to get a new sense. Lord, that, that you spoke to them in a way this morning that they begin to receive and understand what you have for them. When these attacks of the enemy, their spiritual attacks come against them come to rob them, and they begin to believe a lie, Lord, you're bigger than any lie, you're bigger than any spirit, and so Lord, I just pray for right now for every person in here that spirits of infirmity, spirits uh, of depression, spirits of anxiety, and disease has to be broken and bow at the name of Jesus, and I, I just thank you for that peace right now over every heart and every mind here this morning. And it's in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen.